Hi, welcome to Soulnet Radio. Tonight is the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, Doors. But, once again, we are going to go back to Fate. We're going to go back and have a look at some of the captives of the Kotavari army. But before we do that, I've got a very special announcement. Soulnet Radio has got in touch with some lovely, lovely people from other podcasts and gaming type of things. We've put together a competition where you can win a $50 gift card at drivethroughrpg.com. That's $50 to spend on whatever you like. You can get an absolute ton from this place. So in association with the Redacted Files, Gods 4, Gamers Plane, Battle Bards, MFG Cast and Rollcasters, we present to you the chance to win a $50 drive-thru RPG gift card. All you have to do is go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly forward slash win five zero RPG. That's all lowercase, so that's bit.ly forward slash win five zero RPG you'll be taken to our competition page where you can get an entry for retweeting a tweet then there are some additional ways you can get more entries and then as when you do those you can find a ways you can get more entries so all in all there's about 15 entries that you can have and the more entries you have the more chances you have to win the competition will end on august the 18th 2015 so you're listening after that sorry you missed out but we're probably going to have some more of these things because people are cool so get out there retweet click the links and good luck if you want to get in contact with us, it's swordnutradio at gmail.com. That's swordnutradio at gmail.com or at swordnutradio on Twitter. As always, we want any feedback you've got, good, bad, indifferent, or just a shout out. And if you have a random fact, that would be awesome because we love your facts. All right, on with the show. Hi, I'm Biddy. Tonight I'm going to be playing Alex Nordian. I am an elf bookkeeper. My trouble is that I'm a bit of a hipster. I'm pretentiously arty. I'm a bit of a lush, so I... You know, like the finer things, and quite talkative, so gift to the gap. Hi, I'm Adam A. I'm playing Ben Rumney, the only son of a human farmer. He be- his trouble is that he is lonely, believes no one understands him. He believes he deserves the best, and will, but will let others do the work for him, even though he feels he's hard done by. And I'm Paul, I'm the DM, and I'm not going to kill anyone tonight, I'm going to let them kill themselves. <laughs> so this is a Fate Accelerated game. We've started up the characters, they're a little bit more high-powered than last time, uh, doing the standard skill array, and everyone has three fate points. So you're in a cart, and we've already established that you guys were were not up to much. Okay, that uh, just causing a few problems or not and uh, generally being up your own arse or not communicative. We're not going to start with any hindrances for you, so you don't have any consequences at the moment, nor do you have any stress. That'd be nice. And we're going to start at the point where the narrative for you guys, for these characters, ended, which is at the point where Bill Clover, Barrel Bill, and Hetty Clemmer were taken away for a little chat, and you do not know what has become of them. What do you do? Ben's going to start to cry. He wants to go home, and he's going to whine about it. Oh dear lord. Uh, guard! Guard! Can I have a word please, guard? No one answers. <gasps> Posterous. Some some people start looking around. Slightly confused. Like, look, looking towards someone that you might be calling to. You! You there! Over there! You! Yes, you. Don't, no, don't look at her. No, you. Yes, yes, you. The one shifting. Yes, you. C- come over here, please. How can I help you? 
I want to know at what point we're going to be seen by someone. I, I, I find it atrocious that we've been left in here and the, those two went in before us. <laughs> and this is what I have to put up with. This, uh, this young lady is a, a, a short, blonde-haired uh, young lady. Uh, she's going to call over uh, to a couple of her, her friends and say, Oh, no, this, this won't do. We can't have you distressed like this. And she'll call over a couple of friends. And it's a, a, a small group of 20-something of boys and girls, all with these beatific smiles on their faces. They're going to see the, the other two sort of occupants uh, of the cell, uh, Martin and Paf, um, as well. And uh, they're going to, to ask them if, if there's anything they need, something they want, and uh, be very be very concerned. One of them is going to come over to Ben um, at the side of the, the cart and literally reach through and start, start stroking your hair a little bit. Uh, it's, it's okay. You're going to a new life. This is this is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You should be happy. And the last talking to Alex is going to talk to you and say, you must have patience. The, everyone will be seen in their own time. I can let you out of the cage if... If, if that's what you want, so I, I know that you must be very cramped in there. Ben's going to start it. Yeah, I want to get out. Very well. I must fetch one of the chosen, though. Ben's going to crawl over to the door, sort of hold on, peering miserably through the bars. And she's going to come you, back. You just need to know how to talk to these people. You can get anything done if you know how to talk to these people. She's going to come back um, after about five minutes, and she's going to be walking just behind two slightly larger, uh, more impressive-looking people. You can't tell what gender they are, save that they seem to be wearing men's clothing, um, red shirt type yeah, uh, tunic thing going on, uh, red trousers. They seem very strange. I mean, the, the light is, is fading now in the day. Um, the sun is setting. And you can't really make out until they get closer, but as they get closer, you see that one of them has a, a very odd face. His, um, his, his face is kind of drawn forward slightly. Uh, there, are, there are some patches of, of odd colouring, is what you can make out at the moment. Uh, but you can't make out what colour, it just seems like it's sort of patches, but it's not, it doesn't look like dirt. The other, his face seems normal. Slightly dark-skinned elf with very sharply receding hairline, and his his clothing is is exactly the same, and he has his sleeves rolled up, very clearly to to display his arms, which are very very not elf arms. They're scaled, very clearly scaled. You can see the shine, you can see a pattern on them, and one of his hands ends in not five fingers but three. A thumb and two claws, like a talon, and they're going to walk up and stop in front of the cage. They're going to uh, look up at you, and, the, and the, the man with the normal face and old arms is going to look at you and go, "Brothers, we will allow you some freedom to show you that we trust you. However, we must be prudent. We cannot allow you free reign, and we cannot allow you to leave, not before you have had your chat." before you have made your decisions. Feel free to wander, to talk to anyone you like, about anything you like. Everyone is free to talk to you, but you cannot leave, and 
we will follow. Ben's going to recoil slightly when uh, this strange-looking man gets close to the cage. He's done with crying now. He's going to, he's going to basically say to the guy who's just spoken, I want, I want my dad. Where's my dad? The chap with the odd face is going to say, You don't have to be afraid now. We are your family now. You will see that your father is nothing to you. We are more of a family than he could ever be. We will understand you like no one can understand you. And you will belong to us and be part of us. Alex is going to look the uh, the guy that's got the slightly odder face and the, the, the lizard's arms. And he's going to look him up and down and he's going to ask, So which, which play are you currently practicing for? <laughs> I'm not practicing for any play, my friend. I'm living the greatest adventure one can. Perhaps one day you might too be chosen, as I have. No, but, I mean, surely the, the makeup you're wearing is, is truly quite remarkable. I mean, I saw a player a few weeks back, and they, they used, I believe it was some kind of wax to, uh, to make fake noses and foreheads and stuff, but uh, the makeup you're wearing is absolutely fantastic. Who does your work? I must know. This is not makeup, my friend. This is a gift. Here, you can see. And he brings his arm forward. Alex reaches out and starts prodding it, not believing this for a minute, thinking they're just playing the bit. And as he comes to realise that this really is quite firmly attached and it's not coming off, he just kind of recoils slightly and wipes his fingers on his chest a little bit with a slightly concerned look on his face. And at that, this this guy's just going to withdraw his hand and laugh a bit, and he's uh, as as he does, so he's he's going to he's going to draw a simple key out of his pocket. He's going to unlock the 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 cage around this cart, and he's going to invite you to step down. He offers you his hand. Alex is is far too practiced in these things to not accept it, but he does it with the bare minimum of contact, like finger and thumb, <laughs> like touching like the end of his finger. That's it. Okay. Ben's going to scramble out a bit of a hurry and actually trip and fall flat on his face. The other two are uh, are going to come out. So you've got the, the little lad, Martin, he's going to step out. And he's actually going to keep quite close to this, uh, this path, Tana guy, this is a stinky lad, um, who, who just seems quite stoic and um, like, like it's not particularly getting to him. You're now out of the car. What would you like to do? Out of the car? Card. Oh, card. I thought you said card. Technology-wise, we've jumped forward a little bit. <laughs> Alex is going to look around himself and look for somewhere he can sit down. As you look around, you can see that tents are being put up in odd places. Most people are just lying on the ground and bivouacking. Some people are doing things around the camp and, and whatnot. Um, there doesn't seem to be many places to, to actually sit. They're just sort of sitting down on the ground. You're actually... I'll, I'll, I'll refresh your memory. You're on this very wide flat top of this bank for the King's Dyke. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can see for, for miles. And some of the, the camp is, is along this uh, road. The carts are on that road that's on the top there. There is a, a, a more sizable contingent of the walkers and whatever. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're down just on the other side of it, on the, the Kotev side of the, the bank. Alex, not really being able to sit down anywhere, is going to look a bit... <sighs> <sighs> Well, fine, if I can't rest myself, uh, can I at least have some refreshments? I mean, do you, do you have some wine and cheese, maybe, or...? <laughs> we have some wine and cheese at home. 
but we didn't bring any with us on a, on our excursion. Well, what did day. you bring? What what did you bring with you then? You say, uh, would you like to join me, gentlemen? Ben's gonna say yeah because he quite likes the idea of some cheese and wine. Okay, so they're gonna bring you along to it's a, a covered wagon and. This covered wagon like has a, a a side that kind of folds out, and there's a chap sat alongside this thing, uh, well stood next to this wagon, and he is just you know going into various boxes that are in there, bringing things out, putting things back, and there's a, a reasonable stream of people coming to and from. You don't have to queue, but there's there's a reasonable amount of people. There seems to be a bit of deference for the the, the two people that you're with, or two the the chosen. Uh, and so, you know, the crowd sort of parts for them. Not in any conspicuous way, it's just they, they seem to be able to move through this crowd quite easily. And they approach this man and they say, Oh there, a fine evening to you, brother. Our guests require some sustenance. Would you would you be able to provide your finest, please? Uh, and Odo just sort of chuckles and gives this uh, a little shrug and goes and gets... So there's there's a pitcher of water. There's loads of these little pitchers of water, and he was going, and he sort of fills one up from a barrel at the back of the cart, hands you this pitcher of water, and then goes and gets some of this uh, trail tack that you've been eating for the last day and a half, and uh, passes that on and, and gives it to everyone who's who's with you. There's, there's actually a little a little group now. Got... Ben's gonna look look down at the bread in his hand and he's like, "What's this? I got better than this at home." Yes. And my dad lets me eat what I like. But where's the, where's the oat cakes, the fruit? Yes, this is what the the common soldier eats. Where, where are your commander's foods? Where 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 is their food tent? But surely they must have better food than this. <laughs> the the chap with the the odd face is going to he's going to look at Ben and he's going to say, "Young man, I, I don't know your name. Would you would you furnish me with your name?" Don't keep calling me a young man. <laughs> he's just going to say Ben. Ah, Ben, it's a good name. You might earn a new one. You never know. Could earn a good place and a new name with us. Well, we'll leave that for later. This is what we have on the trail. I'm afraid we must pack light. And we have to pack the things that will travel well with us. We have better food at home. You'll see. Ben's going to pack them. What do you mean, better food? Oh, you're the best the land can give. Anything you would like, you do not want. I suppose we're all roughing it. <laughs> Just a little bit. But these are the sacrifices we make for the greater good. To Alex, he's going to say, our leaders eat the same thing. Why, Odo? Odo? It looks around and says, yes, chosen. These gentlemen don't seem to believe that our leaders share our food. <laughs> uh, when was the Shadow of the White last here? And he says, uh, why, the, 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 the Shadow of the White was here not an hour ago. And he looks at you, you know, so looking back at you and go look, like this look on his face is just like that should answer your questions. <laughs> Ben's gonna say, "How can you say you eat better than this if the if your leaders eat the same?" That like back home we always used to eat better than the farmhands. We are all the same here. Some of us have been chosen for different tasks. I myself have been chosen for a different tasks than for Corey. And he points over at the the woman who initially made contact with you. She has been appointed different tasks. Then minor, and he puts over at one of the, the guys that came over in that small group. We all have different tasks, but we are equal. The Shadow of the White has been appointed a different task. The Shadow of the Black has been appointed different tasks to, to her. But we are all the same. We are all equal. Very we share good. in our hardships, and we share in our pleasures. 
Ben's going to sort of puff his chest out a little bit and uh, say, on the farm, I was in charge of the cheese. Slightly proud. <laughs> we always have place for people with good skills. Sounds like you might have a you might have a future with us, a bright future. I've no doubt you have other skills, other talents. I've no doubt that you, also looking at Alex, you know, have talents you can bring to us. At this point, just going to do a clever roll. I was just going to say I was going to try the same. He's not going to pick anything up. So yeah. So, so what do you want to do? Ben's going to do the same. He's going to try a clever roll, and he's like, uh, he's going to basically say, "What do you mean a bright future?" At home, I would have I would have owned the farm one day, and I've got a three in clever. Three in clever. What is it you're yeah. trying to accomplish with that? Ben believes that he deserves the best, so he's basically effectively trying to negotiate for a better position for himself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. No, just a three. Three. Good. You are, uh, as you say this to him, he he sort of takes it on board, and he believes you. Yeah. And he says, but Ben, why settle for the farm when one day you might inherit the world? Ben's a bit stunned by this and goes quiet. So uh, the the chap with the arms is going to look at Alex and he's going to say, and you, my friend, you look like you could have other skills. You look like uh, you're an educated man. You sound educated. Is this true? Ah, well. Yes, obviously. Above the common man. Here we, we are none of us above the common man. We're all the common man. We're also all kings of the, of our own realm. Well, how remarkably modern and progressive of you. But if you have skills that are rare, then education is rare. You might find yourself in a place where you are treasured, lauded for your skills. You may even become chosen. Well, I've always thought myself that Bit of the artist, he says, with a swagger of his head and a bit, and a bit too much pride in his voice. Ah, yes. Artists are prized. They are prized by the shadows, for from art comes prophecy. At that moment, some uh, another chosen is going to come trotting up. And this one actually not wearing red at all, just normal clothing like everyone else wearing, save for a, a, a <coughs> black armband. This one is going to come up and just uh, have, have a little word with the chap with the face, and he's, he's going to talk to you and say, it seems the shadow of the white has finished talking to your friends and we'll see you now. Would you like to follow us? Yes, I think it's yeah. about time we see your uh, see your masters and get this mess sorted out once and for all. Ben's trailing along behind. So you're going to be brought along off the road, down into Kotev proper, into the low-lying land, on the other side of this, uh, this king's dike, and... You are led through a scattering of tents, and you're led to a slightly larger tent. Not you know, big and impressive, it's just, it's wider. It looks like maybe a couple of tents that have been put together, um, and then, you know, connected up. And there is a small table with a pitcher of water on it. Some of these little cakey things, bready cakey things that you've been eating. Um, it's, it's reasonably dark in there, but it's a tent. There's no, uh, external lighting. Sorry, there's no internal lighting. There's no lanterns up or anything like that. And set quite apart from the table is two chairs on one side and another chair facing them. Little folding stools. You're going to notice as well that there are many partitions in these tents. The few cent there's central poles, they go up and there's like a wheel of spokes 
that comes out, props up the, the, the tent, and from that hang these um, curtain partitions. So that's all you can see in this area of the tent. There is a woman in the tent. She is facing away and she is lighting a lantern. She's going to not turning her head. Uh, won't you show them in, Hugo? And this guy shows you in. And if you're content to enter, yep, mm -hmm. they will turn and almost post guard outside in a kind of like nonchalant way. It's just well, I've got nowhere else to go. As you enter, this this lady lights, where you can see a light spring into life in front of her, and she reaches up and she you know, takes this lantern and hangs it off one of the tent support poles coming out, one of these spokes, and she turns around. Would you like to roll any perception type stuff? Yes, I certainly yep. would. That would be careful or clever. Okay. Ben's got to roll for careful just to see what he can see. Yeah. Yeah. That's a five, which is a superb. superb. Zero. So mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah. Alex isn't going to pick up on anything else really. He is going to notice that there does seem to be a writing slope on this, uh, like a small box mm -hmm. with a slope on it, um, but he can't see any uh, writing implements. What Ben's going to notice is that when this lady turned around, she wasn't holding a taper in her hands. So how did she light the lantern? Okay. You're also going to notice, both of you, when she has turned around, even though the lantern is behind her, there's still light coming in through the, the tent flap. She's still wearing a hood with her robes, it's these pure white robes, which are very impressive. And she's not going to sort of lift the hood back at all, but you can see that there is a snout. Not just a, a, a protruding face, but an actual snout going forward. And it's, it's definitely not human elf or dwarf. And she is going to cast a hand over towards the chairs, and you'll notice that it is a talon, a claw, much like the chap that uh, escorted you in, or one of the chaps that escorted you in, his name you don't know. And he's pointing very clearly at the, at the chairs. So take a seat. Alex takes a seat. As does Ben. And Ben's going to pipe up and say, What are you? <laughs> or rather, sorry. What are you? She is going to take a seat opposite you, and she's going to draw her hood back, and you see, as before, there's the the head with the white scales, just a tinge of blue to the, the little frills going off either side of her head. And she is going to say, I am Maya, the shadow of the white. And Ben's going to say, but what are you? That is a very intelligent question, young man. May I ask your names? Ben. Ben. And? Well, if you were going to kidnap me, I would have thought you'd knew who I was already, but... Fair enough. I'm Alex Nordian. You may have heard of me. I'm afraid I have not. <laughs> Although I hope to get to know you better. I'm afraid, gentlemen, there was no selection in your presence here other than the hand of fate. But that does not mean it was not significant. Or meaningful. She's going to look at, at Ben and say, In answer to your question, young man, I am... I don't believe we have a word for it closest would be becoming more. May I ask, what were you before this adventure that we are on now? 
Bella's just going to pipe up with, I was heir to my father's farm. Hmm. I too worked on a farm as a young girl. Could you see me working on a farm now? They want to be a bit snide here, but I don't think, I don't <laughs> think you would at that point. So, um... Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say, here's a fake point, and you are going to say something oh, a good. bit offhand because okay. you think you're special. He's going to say, which of the animals were you? <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, okay, do you want to roll me a sneaky? That was fucking sneaky. <laughs> fair. A fair? Okay, so she's going to roll... Um, this is going to be a careful, because she's kind of resisting it. That, that stab. Well, that's fair as well. That's a tie. Okay. Uh, which means that uh, you succeed at a minor cost. So she's actually going to be slightly taken aback by that. And she's going to mark up the stress for her there. You can see in her eyes she wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> and there's this flash of anger. And she's going to take a bit of a breath. I thought I would spend my days milking cows. I thought I would spend my days tending to a farm I would not inherit. I was not in such a good position as you. Now, I think I will spend my days filling a higher purpose. I have seen things that you would not understand. One day you might. I have seen things that would scare you. But one day, might not. I have seen things that you would not think were possible. But maybe one day you will believe. You seem a very special young man, Ben. I think we might have a place for you here in our family. Would you like to start the next great adventure of your life? Um, Ben's going to roll a clever, which we'll get one in, and say, do I have to become like you? One. So that's uh, average. Okay. Cleverness. That is a superb. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, metagaming, in what way did you mean that? Was it in a derogatory way or was it in a fearful way? Fearful. Fearful. Okay. One day you might achieve. One day you might be chosen. You might be taken up. That can only be determined by you. And wills that are greater than ours. There is nothing to fear. Yes, there may be a physical change. But with these changes comes great gifts. And she sort of turns and gestures back at the, the lantern. And she closes her hand and it goes out. And she opens it and it goes on. Oh, bravo, bravo. Oh, I do, do enjoy a bit of magic. Tell me, will you tell us how you do these tricks? Yes. I feel the life within the flame. And I take it into myself, and I change it, and I give it back to the world. So, mirrors, pulleys... I'm afraid not. Oh. Hmm. You have in your speech the, the mark of an educated man. Do I guess correctly? Uh, you are correct. We have great need of educated men. I'm sure you do, but uh, I'm sure once my uh, husband pays the ransom I shall be on my way home, so... I'm afraid that we will not be asking for a ransom. We do not need money. We need you. 
If you would make your husband happier, you can send for him. If he is willing to join us, if you are willing to join us, you both can make your homes here. What, possi what possible reason would I have for joining? I mean, what am I even joining? Your new family. <laughs> um, I regret I must be a little coy with you. After all, you cannot tell the family secrets to people who are not of the family yet. What incentives are there to join your family? I mean, there was some tosh outside about everyone eating the same thing. I mean, surely as an educated man I would be, uh, you know, the better choice of the food. I mean, I... I I understand you're on a, some kind of mission at the moment and you don't have a full supply of things, but surely, when, if, if I was to join you when we got back to your, um, your home, um, you know, there would be finer things for the uh, higher echelons. Indeed there are. Finer things at home. Much finer things. Possibly things you have never even heard of yet. But I, c I can see you are... you're a man of words. And of numbers, yes? Well, that's that's more my profession, but I, I prefer to be a, a, a man of words. I uh, consider myself to be a bit of a poet. She's going to get up, she's going to move to the table, uh, open up this writing slope, and reach inside. She's going to bring out a small thing. Uh, I'm afraid this is not poetry. This is somewhat of a more logistical nature. But perhaps this will answer your questions as regards our resources. And she's going to hand you a, a slip of paper and it's a tally sheet. Mm -hmm. Would you like to make a roll? Yes. Uh, uh, I would like you to make me a clever roll to figure out to see how much of this you understand. Wow. Very little. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Okay. You see words written down there and, and amounts. And you would guess that uh, most of them are uh, Kotavari things. But you do pick out um, the standard things, uh, beer, wine, uh, beef, you, you, you do see, um, you know, have various meats listed, things like that. and you would assume that the things you can't tell what they are, are some sort of Kotovari delicacy or some, some dish, you know, peasant dish or whatever, you know, that you just haven't heard of. But the amounts by them are significant. Okay. Well, I'm going to try a clever roll for Ben and see if I can read it over his shoulder. Okay, go for it, yeah. If Ben knows what it is, basically. Ben thinks he's better at all this. And that gets me a... Good. Yeah, you can see it. Okay, so Ben's going to snatch it out of his hand and read it. And can he figure out what it is? Does he know what it is with with a good? With can a good, you can, you can read it. Uh, you can pull the same information that uh, Alex could off of it. They've got loads of cool stuff. You do recognise a few uh, dishes... Mostly because you've always wanted to try, you know, X, Y, Z, or whatever, mm. whenever you were in town. And so, you know, the, the, there's, there's peasant dishes there, there's sort of, you know. But there are some things in there you have no idea what these damn things are. Mm. Like, you know, that, um, you know, what, what an, an Anish, an Anisha might call a turnip, you know, Kotovara might call something else. So, yeah, fair enough. But you, you can sort of puzzle, puzzle it through. You've heard, like, traders when you come mm. into town to, you know, trade with your dad. That's, You've heard different things, and so you don't necessarily know exactly the words, but you can tell it's 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 a list of supplies, mm. uh, and it's a good list of supplies. For example, for a start, they have beef. 
Yeah. No one has unless they're wealthy. Mm. They have pork, and no one kills a pig when it's not winter. And they have chicken, um, you know, capon, which you don't kill a chicken, you breed them. Yeah. You know? um, so they have that, but there are things on there you have absolutely no idea about. So Ben thinks he's being clever, and he's just going to go, oh, I, I know this, we use them on the farm at harvest. It's, it's, uh, it's a record of supplies, a record of the harvest. Yes, you are very clever, young man. And it's going to preen a lot then. <laughs> and uh, you, let's have a look here. Okay, I want you to make me a clever or forceful, please. Your choice. Mine. Yeah. Um, I'll go with forceful to get a two in that. Six. Uh, that is. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. As, as she says that, and she, she she makes eye contact with you, you see for a moment that her eyes seem to sort of grow larger in your vision. Not like literally growing larger, but just like they're coming towards you. And she's not ever. Um, but it's you, you, you shake it off. It's just a trick of the light or something. Does this answer your questions? Ben's going to say, "What do we have to do to get this?" All you have to do is become part of our family. Give yourselves over to us. I realise, gentlemen, I am being coy, but I must be. Things will be revealed to you at the proper time, with the proper commitment. Alex is thinking in his head that mm, when they were outside in the said that, you know, artists and stuff were appreciated, that kind of like ticked his interest, but once he's got into this tent, nothing much has really been said to bring him into it. I mean, he's a, he's, you know, he's a creature of extravagance and frivolity and stuff and this all sounds a little bit like hard work for him so he's not really on board at the minute she has just rolled a, a clever and can tell um, that she's not got through to so what she's going to do is she's going to stand up and again go to the she's going to take that tally back she's going to put it back in the writing slope and she's going to bring out a small scroll and she's going to bring out uh, a stick. Uh, at first you assume it's, it's a quill because most quills don't have feathers on them, they're just a, a little, like a, you know, it's just, it's just the, the tube. Yeah. But it's the same diameter all the way up, which doesn't seem right. It's the right colour it's white, but uh, when she brings it over to you it has rather than a nib cut into it, it has just a, a shape towards the end uh, where it changes colour a little bit, like a little, like a little pinpoint. Mm -hmm. And she's going to give this over to you and say, Alex, I would like you to write me a poem, if you can. Roses are red, violets are blue. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am going to do... What you're going to do is you're going to roll... Flashy. Yes, you are. Yes, indeed. And can I use one of my feats on this um, using my, um, you know, pretentious artsy, because, you know, my talents are suddenly being given an audience, so I want to put a bit of extra effort into this. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, so spending a face point, invoking aspect. Yep. So you're going to get a plus two. Uh, which means I have. Ooh, epic. Epic? Yes. Nice. Excellent. Okay. Do not ask me to say what is on this poem. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't put you in that position. Or if um, you do, give me a week in which to come up with something. The first thing that strikes you is is that mm. 
you, you take this thing and uh, well, there's no ink, but okay. Uh, and then you, but as you put this this object to the paper, it makes a mark. So it seems to glide over this this roll of parchment, and rather than putting ink down, it seems to just be changing the colour on the, the point where it makes contact. And it's it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's the best thing you've ever written with. And this inspiration flows through you and you're almost writing automatically, you know. There's not even a, an editing process that goes on in your head and how do I spell this or what words do I use here? It just, you, you think and it is there a minute, maybe an hour, maybe, maybe 10 seconds, you don't know. But you finish and you hand this thing over. Ben, this has been about 10 seconds. She looks at it and she says, Why Alex? This is beautiful. And just uh, I, I shall read it. Ben, you should hear this. In no other way could you have said that you belong among us, for this is truly. And she reads it. For the blood shall open the ways between worlds. <laughs> and outside you can hear echoed blood shall open the ways between worlds and then it just echoes off throughout the whole field would you mind if I kept this this will go into our most sacred heart it shall be kept forever big wide eyes and grin spreads across his face this is Alex has tried to uh, read his poetry to people and people just haven't got it and hasn't been really appreciated and, and, and people essentially tolerate it as a, a funny little quirk and this is the first person to not only show interest but basically state that this is going to be held as like, in his mind he's thinking, oh my god it's going to be entombed as a holy relic. He's blowing it a bit out of proportion in his mind even more so than she's saying and uh, yes, yes, of course. You may keep it. Please, please treasure it. It is for you. She smiles a toothy grin, raises a sharp grin, and she turns to Ben and says, It appears your friend here has, has made his choice. Hmm. What may I ask is your choice? Ben's going to say, um, I, I can do stuff too. <laughs> because he's feeling a bit jealous at this point and he just wants to impress. Okay. At this point, she is going to reach out to, to both of you, just sort of a hand down sort of either side of you. So if you imagine she's got her hands sort of like spread out, she's gonna run a, a, a single claw type finger, sort of just down your cheeks, just the knuckle kind of thing. Uh, very carefully. And she's going to look at you and say, I think you have made the right choice. And I think you will be very welcome here. And she calls out and uh, she says, Carl, Hugo? I believe you have some new brothers. Please, see to their needs. And they take you out. And we'll end there. <laughs> okay. Do you know what? Every 40 seconds you have to say, oh, I like it hot, but not this hot. <laughs> not <Yeah>. too hot. <laughs> and then whenever it's not that hot again, oh, summer's gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's it now. Typical British weather, it's always cold and wet. <laughs>
completely blank. <laughs> Literally, I knew what I was going to say and everything. It just went... <laughs> just, they, they just know. Yeah, they know. Just a happy class. You're being brought... <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> what was that about doing this quickly? Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot that you could use the fade points. Yeah. Yeah, people do. Because you get you get caught up. Um, so you caught up in the story and, and the dice. Yeah. And the dice is what I keep thinking about. The thing is, as well, is that you can add fate points, spend fate points at any yeah. point, and you can add them afterwards. Yeah. And you are allowed to ask me, what do I need here? Yeah. Um, because I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, if, if it's an opposed role or whatever, that's where they, they really get spent, is in combat and social combat, where there's an opposed check going on, which is why you guys were spending like crazy last time, mm. because they were unwilling. Whereas this time, it was the two... Um, egotistical guys that are going in, and she would just have to appeal to that, and you know she rolled well enough to know that that was going on, and you tipped that in role play, and so it all happens in conversation, and if you're not trying to beat anyone, you you, you were quite you know going along with it, so that doesn't need any uh, fate point spending, you know, and unless what you wanted was to secure a particular position, you know, to do a particular thing and say, I want to be this and I want to do this, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well then you could have done that. Or whether or if say that you wanted to, to leave the thing going, well, I'm gonna pretend that I'm going along with it, but I'm really I'm really looking for my chance is well you've got to try and spend fate points to try and do the deception. Mm -hmm. Um because that's gonna start being opposed. Um but if you're doing what she wants to do, then yeah. <laughs> so what do you reckon to the system? Fate. Yeah, this was just Fate Accelerated. The only difference, really, between Fate Accelerated and Fate Core is, is the expanded skill list. Mm. I've got to admit, I like I like the ladder. I like mm. the fact that role is converted into a... I don't know... A, a grade. A grade of something, yeah, good, bad, moderate, excellent, legendary, whatever. It's just... Or terribly poor. Because mm. it... You always know what it is. You always know what's going on. And I think with D&D, &D, you'll, you'll make a roll, and because the benchmark is always shifting, yeah. um, because depending on who you're fighting and what their stats and everything, stuff, yeah. you'll roll, and it'll go, oh, it's a high roll, but you do, but you might fail. So you might, like, I don't know, against armor class or something, and you'll, you'll roll or whatever, and you'll score 17, you think, ah, oh, 17, excellent. And they'll go, no, that doesn't hit. And you're like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if with this you roll and you go, oh god, I got epic. You kind of, you know, something yeah, you, epic's going to happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, with with D and D, I, I might I might put this on the outside of the um, the DM screen. Yeah. Is there is um, a, a, a DC prompt, and that is five is trivial. It's it's um it's difficulty really. So it's yeah. Describing difficulty, so five is trivial. Uh, Ten is routine. Fifteen is hard. Um, or ten is average. Um, 15 is hard, 20 is very hard, um, 25 is almost impossible, mm. um, or exceedingly difficult, and 30 is, is, is basically impossible. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes through and, and it gives various things, but mostly you're looking at the increment by which you beat someone. Yeah. Um, which is the same in fate as well. But you could easily just say, yeah, that was a, you know, very hard thing, or that was, you know, you could just take the, take that ladder and, and describe it over. It just turns but it from, it turns it from a mechanic to a narrative. Yes, yeah, yeah. it does that, yeah. 
in D and D, there's there's more figures. Mm. So um, it, it, with this, it's uh, the difference by which you do. Let's let's say you throw a sword at someone and whatever you you roll the dice. You don't roll again for damage. Yeah. Which is the difference between your defense roll and the and the, the attack roll is the damage that's done essentially, and that's communicated as stress. And again, that's not narrative. But um, where um, the D and D goes is oh, that was an amazing attack, and you roll four damage. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, okay. It wasn't. So there's got to be another qualifier for it. Yeah. So it was great that you hit him, but you didn't do much damage. So it, it wouldn't make sense if you kept doing it like that. I kind of... One of the... I don't, I don't know whether this is a downside thing. I'm just unfamiliar with it. With the um, the system of saying, right, I've got a weakness, and then there's all these different prompts and everything. You've got to be really careful with how you set that up initially, because a, a couple of times, like playing the last character and this character, I was looking at stuff and thinking, well, that is a key characteristic of this person. But... Mm you never find an opportunity to use it sometimes and you kind of I don't know you... yeah there is there is that that element of um, how do you do aspects and and to be fair fate is built around aspects so you've mm. got to get used to aspects uh, but it's like building a character in D&D you don't really know until you've built a few what yeah. the best options to go for are um, and and uh, you know it's having the confidence to just go right okay fair enough but you can change them mm-hmm um, you can sort of go back and forth, and one of the, the the key things about fate is that you do change those aspects because you're supposed to have character arcs because your characters don't level up. I mean, you might get an extra skill point to spend, or you might get an extra point of refresh, or stunts. You guys don't have stunts, for example, yeah. um, because those tend to be a bit more complicated to do. Um, but you can change aspects. You can change who your character is and what they do as the story progresses, and to say, well. This aspect of someone's life hasn't come into play in this whole arc, so maybe that's the wrong aspect to have in there. Um, but how about something more appropriate? And you can have an aspect of not just what their backstory is, but what you've done so far in the adventure. Uh, for example, he, um, Alex there was a lush. So if lush never comes into it, and never, you could, so I suppose you could turn around and say, strip that out and change it to something else because he's realised that being a lush isn't beneficial for what he's doing. You could, but um, I mean, you, not to sort of power game things, but the idea is then to say, well, how do I get my aspects into this? And it's up to you to tell me. Yeah. Um, you know, I can compel various things, but if you're doing what I want you to do, then I don't need to compel. And sometimes I might throw something in the mix to make things a bit more interesting. Mm. But, uh, you know, like uh, compelling Adam to, to make a, a crass joke. There are mechanics for sitting down and, and redoing aspects, redoing skills. Um, I think uh, the, the, there's milestones. In fact, I'll get the thing out. Here we go. Um, mechanically, um, <laughs> well, mechanically, the thing is, it's make the game fun. If it's not fun, well, let's mm-hmm. redesign the character. That, that's that is the be all and end all of fate. Make it that, make it fun, make it work how you want, um, and the system is there to sort of get out of your way. And you sometimes wonder about all these systems, whether there is a system out there that is the perfect system, but no one can find it, because I always feel with some of these systems that people go into it with a, well, we can't use a D20, because that's what D&D does, so we'll do this. And then somebody else comes along and goes, well, we want to we wanna do a different system for our game, because, you know, we want to produce a game, but we can't do a D20 system, we can't. So, 
And I just kind of wonder if all these systems are essentially <coughs> dancing around each other, trying to be different to one another, and in the and, and in the process missing out on some kind of combined system that would just be like, oh my god, it's amazing. Well. Every system you could think of is out there already. Yeah. It, that's just how it is. What were you looking at in in D and D, and it's a criticism mm. of the whole thing is everyone, anyone can roll a twenty, anyone can roll a one. It's a, a straight probability of as much chance of rolling a twenty as you do rolling a one or any other number. Mm. And yes, giving target numbers means that your chance of getting that is higher or lower. All right, but it's still a flat probability of any particular number being rolled. Okay, so. What about the characters who are just good at something? You don't stop being good at it. And you don't go up and down minute by minute. You know, if you're on fire, you're on fire. And if you're not on fire, you're not on fire. Okay, fair enough. So what people uh, were looking at when they're looking at fate, um, where you roll the four dice and, and see, you know, ups and downs. And what that does is instead of a flat probability, it gives you a standard deviation curve. Because you start rolling more than one die you're going to get standard deviations. So uh, rolling 2d10, you get a bit of a lump in the middle. Um, you know, Rolling 4d6, it's all in the middle. Um, so you've got a very small chance of having a fantastic result and a very small chance of having a, a really negative result. But then you are not moving your numbers very far. Yeah. Let's say you are great at something, you've got a 4 in that thing. Um, you can never... Unless the GM compels you, or you've got some boosts on you, or whatever, some other things are brought into play, you will never roll below a mediocre. So if you're great at a particular thing, you will never be less than average. So even on your worst day, you'll be the same as someone who is, you know, just like potter about in it. And on your best day, you can bring down the fucking heavens, you know? And that's kind of how it should be, but you'll always sort of roll around your skill. So that's why there are there are less skills, there are less sort of things going on like that. It it's it's saying I'm supposed to be good at this. It's the assassin going in and sort of you know failing time after time after time because he's rolling a d20 flat probability and just can't do anything because he's unlucky that night. Yeah. And say well, there's a difference between being shockingly unlucky and falling over every five seconds, and especially if you're rolling fumble tables, that gets really really boring really mm. really quickly. And going to a system where it's, okay, you're having a bad night, you're merely average. Yeah. You know? We've already done some of the um, aspects, haven't we? So, so who are you? What's your thing? Um, I'm Alex uh, Nordian. Nordian. I'm Nordian. Yeah. Is that what we established last week? Nordian. Uh, I'm, an, I'm a gay elf bookkeeper. Uh, my trouble is that I'm a hipster, uh, I'm artsy, a lush, and uh, a bit too talkative for my own good. A lush as in drunkard, or a lush as in... Someone who, um, he's got disposable income and he likes to spend it on food, money, uh, food, wine, drink, cultural type things that are just completely unnecessary. Okay, uh, and what was the last one? Talkative. Alright. Well, with that. And who else have we got? We have Ben Rumney, a human farmer, the only son in the family. His trouble is that he's a lonely person. Um, he is spoilt, lazy, and whiny. Spoilt, lazy, and whiny. Uh, okay, so he's an asshole. Does <laughs> any of those aspects have. Because those are quite negative mm -hmm. across the board. 
how are you going to invoke those in your favor? You know, how are you going to use those? So lazy is what? Why work when someone else will? Mm -hmm. Spoilt. I deserve the best. Mm -hmm. yeah. These guys are going to get on like a house on fire. Yeah. Uh, and whiny is so. Why was sort of what about whiny? What about that sort of? How could that be? Because everyone, is, everyone is their own hero. Complains about everything. Yeah, but everyone is their own hero. Everyone is is the hero of their own story. No one ever sees themselves as oh, I'm a whiny bastard. Hmm. No one ever does that. So how does he justify that to himself? How does he explain? Hard that to done himself? by. Hard done by. Yeah. There we go. Done by. Awesome. Okay. Okay, so uh, hipster, mm. um, and a lush. I think those things sort of put together. Uh, see pretensions of art. Uh, he thinks himself a poet and wants to have his work published at some point. But his husband, I think, is a little bit too kind in his praise of it. Did anyone put it together as well with the gay thing? Sorry. Did anyone put it together with the gay? I don't know if it was obvious or not, but. Um, uh, gay couples are a thing, at least in Anish. There are no orphans. There are no orphanages. Orphans aren't a problem. You've got loads of couples who can't have kids. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and a supply of children. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, a lush. We need to define that a bit better uh, in a bit of a pithy thing. So, um, the finer things. Yeah, he... and plenty of them. Yeah, pretty much. Talkative. What do you reckon? How do you mean? So, how is that a good thing? How does he gift of the gab? Yeah, gift of the gab. Really, talk to anyone at length, whether they <laughs> want to or not. <laughs> or, or toots his own horn. <laughs> yeah, so that's a different game. <laughs> uh, all right then, cool. So now they're a bit more rounded out. Sorry, I was just looking at the definition of uh, lush and. Uh, Okay, so I'll go through them. So we've got Alex Nordian. Do you know what? Let's let's uh, when you introduce it, keep gay out of it because we'll infer it. Um, okay. So because it's not an issue, it's not his defining point. Do you know what I mean? It's like fair enough. Uh, a hipster. I think I think that's fine. Hipster mm -hmm. pretensions of art, the finer things and plenty of them. And talkative gift of gift the gab. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Ben Rumney. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got. What about lonely? I, I just figured. Obviously, he's the only son. He's mm. a bit spoiled. He's probably not very well liked by many people on the farm. So he's gonna have like no nowhere. Lonely could also potentially be worked as self reliant, as in he doesn't need other people to. No, that wasn't the way. Does that, that kind of turns does, it into more positive? Well, no, does he not like being alone? I was gonna, I'd go more with not like being alone because the way I obviously. Um, ben and uh, the other lad that I did yeah. were supposed to know each other in the fact that Ben sort of followed him around. All right. So how about no one gets me? Yeah, no one understands him. Yeah, Because yeah. otherwise he has to believe that he's an asshole. Okay. And the other one was spoiled. What did we have to answer that? Spoilt. Uh, I deserve the best. Yeah. Cool. Um, so it's uh, ideas of the best. Why work when someone else will? Mm -hmm. And hard done by. Okay, let's roll. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, neither do Not we. Not a clue. 